greatest foe. Well, let us be your guide to what is worthwhile. David and Paul tell you now what crap you can bear. And if you don't like that, well, you can go to hell. Don't watch that. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, watch this. Hi, everybody. I'm Paul Goble. And I'm Tom Griffin. And I'm Jim Bruce. And this is Hey, Watch This. Uh, this is going to be just like the old days. We got David's off at Comic-Con, and Tom and Jim are here yep. to talk about the shows and all the stuff. And uh, I said I want to talk about Vice Principals this week, and Tom said, oh, I can watch that, so he is on board. And Jim, what did you pick to watch this week? Well, I watched Vice Principals, so I at least did that much. Okay. And I was going to make you guys watch the latest season of Eric Andre, but I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> so... I stopped watching Eric Andre, but... I, but you know what? I'm on board... No, I it's hated a great it show. At first. I, I hated it. At oh, first. okay. I loved it at first, but I don't know. Sometimes it's sometimes it's just too much of the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. now, but that's what I like about it. Now I'm like, hey, it's the same old crap. <laughs> Bird up. All right. Well, let's talk about first things first. Tom, yeah. how how was Comic Con? Uh, fun and tiring. Yeah, and hot and humid. Yeah, I bet. Especially this this year was pretty bad. And yeah, I bet. I mean, it's been crazy here because of the fire. It's been like really humid and, and gross. What's kind of what is the stuff that stood out that you saw in panels and people and everything? Well, uh, I I had a lot of vice principals in my life this year. <laughs> yeah, because I went to the panel on that. Okay, and then, um, I saw those guys again later that day at the uh, at Nerdist Live. Okay, um, and uh, which also had Tatiana Mazzolani was the other guest on Nurse Life, nice. and I had seen her at the Orphan Black panel. So okay. a lot of vice principals in Orphan Black for me this year. All right, and what about like stuff to see, like robots and you know toys and junk? There were some robots and toys. Yeah, nothing that stood out though. Um, no. <laughs> All mean, right, for this this year for was for me was about a lot of like. Uh, prints, collectible prints. I got the Sweet. Overwatch print from Blizzard, and I got a print from Viz, a one-piece print. And there's this guy, Scott C., this popular artist, Scott C., did a series of little prints of, like, um, characters from the Star Wars cantina. He did, like, a released a different oh, one each nice. day. And so I That's went cool. back to his booth and got those each day. Sweet. How much were those? Those were, like, 20 bucks. They're small. Oh, those were, like, great. five by seven. The others yeah. were more expensive. That's cool. All right, um, so let's talk about Gary Marshall too. Uh, he died, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know he was sick, but he was super old. <clears throat> but it's funny because I think about when that guys funny. Uh, when guys die <laughs> uh, like that. Who uh, I mean, he you think about his career. I mean, lately in the last what ten, twenty, thirty years, maybe all he did was make some really mediocre movies. You know, but that's not even his career. That's not even close to what he did. Right. You know what I mean? And as far as TV goes, it's like... You and know, you know why you end up making mediocre movies, too? Because you don't have the energy to yeah. get as much things. So you're going to have a fine career, but... Also, because even when you think about... I mean, regardless of what you think about Pretty Woman, 
it was still a huge hit. Yeah. And he directed it. It launched the career of Julia Roberts. It's a good movie. It's, so, it's, it's flawed in the sense that... It's only flawed in the sense that if you care to think about, hey, is that really what it's like to be a prostitute? <laughs> but outside of that, it's a good movie. Yes. Outside of the premise being completely absurd, ridiculous, yeah. and offensive, it is a great movie. Is it offensive? It is to me. Tell me why. Because the, the entire idea that a woman could be a prostitute and then marry a rich guy, just that sentence is fucking offensive. You know what? And sexist. I'm going to tell you that I think you're actually wrong. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why I think you're wrong. Hold on. Should we reschedule this for when I give a fuck? Uh, that time does not arrive. That's what I'm saying. So let's move on. The, oh, my point is... This. People would love this. Gary Marshall invented the Fonz. I mean, aside from all the other great shows that he did that we like, that's what he got the Nobel for, right? Right. Uh, he yeah. invented Fonzie. Yeah. And I mean, no matter Fonzie, still, how long ago was that? It's like a fucking yeah. lifetime ago. But still, people know what well, like, A like, means, right? What What year was it that the, the Fonz was actually falsifiable, though? Because that was the year he got the Nobel. Yeah. Because he came up with the theory of the Fonz, right? Yes. And what What was the test he had to do? Because there was a test, Tom. You know this part. I remember well, what I, we were I talking about. What involved, podcast is this I again? I believe it may have involved sitting on it. Right. That's right. He had to, he had to sit on it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He had to sit on it. I remember I was in the control group for that. That's right. I just stood the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you dummies. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What about Ghostbusters? Did you guys see that yet? Yeah, yes. All right. Let's did. talk about it. I, I saw it twice. That's how much I liked it. I saw it with my daughter, and I saw it with my wife. Did you guys see it with any girls? No, girls. Sexist. Well, I saw it with him. Burn! Oh, but no. that joke is sexist, because you're in- implying that women are, are insult is an insult to call someone a woman, right? Burn. Man, has no, a double burn. Not necessarily what I was implying. Yeah. I'm just calling out anything that even is remotely that's a, it's maybe a, sexist. It's a great movie. It is. It's funny. Made me laugh both times. My favorite part... Is when Chris uh, uh, and Wig says to Jared, "Yeah, I talked to Ed. Whatever. Oh, he's been dead fifteen years." And you all think, "Oh shit, was that a ghost?" And then Ed Bagley walks up. She's like, "Obviously, this is who I met." And he laughed both yeah. times. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, fucking was great. A solid joke. And there's and just all that stuff and all four of them being funny in different ways. And I actually watching it the second time. I don't know why I didn't pay attention, but Leslie Jones is amazing. Yes, in she it. is. She's so funny. Yeah. And watching it the second time, I watched her performance more because, unlike the first Ghostbusters, where, you know, let's be honest, he was the black guy. He really was the black guy. The three of them knew each other, worked together. Yeah. They were good friends, and they got a fourth guy. Yeah. In this one, it was only the two of them knew each other, were working together, and yet the other two. <clears throat> Had to, you know, had to mend fences. Yeah. And then this fourth one came along and said, like she said, I'm in the club now. You know, I'm joining the club. Yeah. It wasn't, we need a guy. Like you even said, like Winston says, if you pay me money, I'm here. I don't care. She was like, no, I want to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. She had I, stuff to say and stuff to do. Exactly. To contribute to the storyline. And, yeah. and funny as hell. Again, not that Winston was supposed to be the funny part. And he's certainly not a comedian. But Leslie Jones was a hundred times funnier than the black 
the black guy from well, Ghostbusters. The script was better for her. Yes, ever was. For yes, again, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't compare the two, but I'm just saying there's more there. There was a lot there in this. Now, I don't think that I'm a contrarian, but I know sometimes I am. So I'm analyzing my. Wait a minute. <laughs> He's such a contrarian. Let's just disagree yeah. with himself. Let's yeah. pause for a moment <laughs> just to get our brains around that. Okay, continue. <laughs> I look, I did that on purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's brilliant. what I he is the most brilliant idiot, yeah. right? Yeah. That is probably true. But here's what I thought. I thought if you take away if if you take away the fact that the original is a classic, all right? Yes. You remove its status as a classic, which really is just something that happens because people are old and they remember stuff fondly. Take that away. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a better movie. I. That's how I. Feel. I don't know if I would agree with that. Well, that's that's okay because I'm not. But sure I'm right. I think that this. I think this is a very different movie, and I like that because that's why you would do a remake, right? Yeah. Right. Not just a, you know, like the to psycho to, to remake. Take the but idea and a do something different with exactly. it. Exactly. Treat it differently. This one's this one's a little bigger. It's a little. I'm going to say um, in the action, it's it's broader. It's a little more summer spectacle. Mm-hmm. And that's a fine approach to the idea of, hey, we're fighting ghosts. You know, let's let's yeah. let's and embrace our, the spectacle. And our that. that's a fine, crazy that's a fine bisexual approach. Ghostbuster, which is what she's supposed to be, right? I guess that, I don't they know. They said behind the scenes. They said okay. you can't exactly say it in the script, but she's amazing. What's of her course. name? Um, you mean the actress? Yeah, Kate McKinnon. Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. Oh my god, she's amazing. Yeah, she's great and. You know, and I'm sure, it, like, going beyond just girls, young girls seeing this movie and going, hey, I can be Aaron, not I can be a female Ghostbuster, but I can be Aaron or I can be any of these girls uh, and the black ones, too. Young black women say, I want to be, was her name Judy? I want to be Judy, um, whatever the fuck her name was. Anyway, sure, Judy. It's, yeah. let's just it's, say Judy. It's probably Judy. But also, I liked, I liked how... Uh, Unlike the first Ghostbusters, the mayor's office was was a little more progressive about the idea. Like, yes, we admit they're ghosts, but we don't want to be embarrassed. So here's what we're going to do. It was like a nice, a well, nice middle ground. You and know? also, didn't it seem like when you watched it, you went, "That's more like a real mayor's office." Yes, it that's wasn't yes, a it was more believable. Of it. it was like that's kind of how it would probably go. And at the end of the movie, unlike the end of Ghostbusters, where they just went, "Hooray, movie's over." They set up basically the entire franchise. We are now going to pay you to fight ghosts in New York. So Ghostbusters 2, 2017, will not begin with them, you know, uh, Ghostbusters being disbanded and having to get back together and, you know, and all that bullshit. It'll be more like, okay, we've been in the business of busting ghosts now for a year, but we got this other big painting that looks like a thing. Was that weird when they showed that painting of that girl? I thought it was going to all come to life like Vigo. <laughs> Did you think that at all? The, the, in the mansion? Yeah. No, because the, the, she was already a ghost. Yeah, I thought that's what was going to happen, though. The painting was going to be I didn't think that. I thought it... That, she had came a, out of the basement. Yeah, that had kind of a Disney a ghost. She could be in the painting. I'm saying at any point in when they were in that mansion, the ghost could have animated the painting, I, like Ghostbusters too. Okay, yes, but I no, I was not expecting. Okay, that. I yeah. was. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm agreeing that's a thing that could have happened in a movie if they decided to. Well, here's the other thing: is I don't know that any any people can really um, compare the two movies. Oh, I can. No, because 
Well, they both involve fighting ghosts, yep. so they've got that. Yep. Because the problem is, they are both movies of their time. Dan Aykroyd was in both. And for you to see them both in their time, you have to be two completely different people. That's true, too. So, you know, I I, I saw both the movies in their time, but I was a completely different person back then. So... It, it you just can't compare the two things. It's I don't know. It's like comparing Lyndon Johnson and Barack Obama. They could not, even though they're both presidents and they had a lot of the same ideas, they could not have been different well, people. You can compare and contrast. What's this now? Uh, you can do that, right? You can say this is what. But yeah, that's an interesting. Well, I think that's what I was getting at in in analyzing whether or not I'm correct in my feeling. Well, my feelings, of course, are correct. But because feelings are neither wrong nor right, but mm-hmm. in analyzing is this a better movie or not, to me it was, and I thought, well, but I'm seeing it as a different person. I thought I think the same thing you do often, which is, uh, you know, I, my perception is colored by a lot of things. Yes. It, by the way, the per, the correct phrase is my perception is African American. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. God, you guys are so. Fucking not cool. This no, thing. no. Actually, What's that's that got not to do true. With me? What if you? What if, well, your what friend you is guys? talking using all these slurs. Your friend is a strong word. Oh, ah, see, even that's a slur. Um, the other thing I'll say about this, and this is, it got me to thinking a lot about the Ghostbusters franchise and why I didn't like the second one for so long. Yeah. The first reason is because when I saw it in the theater, there weren't enough seats, and I had to sit on the floor. So I have a bad memory associated with that movie. All right. Um, uh, which I eventually, I saw the movie, uh, you know, in my living room on my couch and it solved that problem. But the other one was, I remember at the time the fucking marketing for Ghostbusters 2 was smothering. It was fucking everywhere and it was annoying and it was during the time when you think, you know, marketing is bad now. It was during the time when there weren't as many places to market. So they just saturated every restaurant and right. every 7-Eleven, everything. Whereas now they can spread it out and make it more... Uh, market appropriate and make it more product appropriate. Right. You know what I mean? Like we have this video game that we're releasing. You know, not we don't have to show a million commercials for a video game for people who don't want to buy it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, by the way, we've been talking about the, the sexism. Here's something I noticed. Yeah. In multiple tie-in commercials for this particular Ghostbusters, for lots of different products, the premise, like... The, one for a car, and then one for a hamburger, and one for whatever. Yeah, they have people ghost busting, right? Yeah, and in almost every one, it's dudes ghost busting in commercials. Yeah, what? Oh, are you saying a dude can't be a ghostbuster too? No, because you need the sensitivity. Yeah, it's true. Because dudes, when dudes put those proton packs, they don't have boobs to balance it out. Yeah. So they're like, whoa, and they fall over. You cannot be an effective ghostbuster unless you got two big old titties. Oh, by the way, I did, yeah, absolutely. I did love, by the way, that's not sexist. That's just sex. Is it though? Is is it? I don't know. I loved, by the way, the other thing I loved about this movie was I loved how they upped the ante on the pseudoscience. I really did. (laughs) Because if we're going pseudoscience, hey, here's some more nonsense words. But it all made sense. I liked that. And that was honestly something that always bothered me about the original Ghostbusters is that Bill Murray just didn't give a fuck. It was clear. He was a con man. Just like the guy said to him, you you think science is a dodge. And he was absolutely right. Whereas Kristen Wiig, who I guess is supposed to be the Bill Murray part or one of the leaders, she was not that. She was like, we're scientists. Every single one of them can. Yeah. 
That was cool. Yeah, there isn't. There's nobody who's. One of them yeah, is a not bad really scientist. a Bill Murray part. No, yeah, you're right. I don't. And, and I don't think really. Well, in, except for the time Bill Murray was in it. Right. <laughs> that Bill part Murray Bill Murray played, part, but there's not a there's not a Vinkman. Yeah. No, but there was a character named Bill Murray. Yeah. They just never referred to him by name. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but these these characters. Actually, I think it was two guys, Bill. Murray. And no, the other guy was named Bill Murray. It was Bill and Bill Murray. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the characters in this movie were not like analogs of the characters in the. Old no, movie. no. There's not. They're, they're, they started with four distinct characters who had distinct motivations and different personalities. Yes, right. Which is obviously well done, the key it? to a good script. Yeah. yeah, that's the bottom line. Just good script. I mean, Paul Feig. I don't know if you guys watched that show, True Inside, on True TV, but some episodes are better than others, and it's they talk for an hour about it movie or a TV show they did airplane and and it's really good because they talked to people because it happened so long ago it's like with for the airplane one they talked to all three of the guys who made the movie and then they talked to fucking Michael what's his name the Disney guy you know what I'm Eisner? talking about yeah they talked to Michael Eisner because at the time he was the head of Paramount or whatever who was making airplane oh so yeah it's really fucking interesting and they talk about how uh, they just talk about how making a movie so they did an episode on bridesmaids and they talked to pretty much everybody in the movie and constantly they're saying over and over again Who's how Bill Murray in that <laughs> they're saying over and over again how people are like this isn't going to work you know cross your fingers because there's a very slim chance anyone's going to see this movie and even when it opened the numbers were bad but then the next morning they were so great and why because it was all women it was a women comedy movie yeah. and of course Ghostbusters a lot of the same cast and same director and all that stuff. I, you know, it's almost like stick with what works. You know what I mean? And not that Paul Feig making movies about women works, but Paul Feig making movies with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy and yeah. his other funny friends, that's what works. Yeah. You know, he puts Steve Banos and Gruber and all his buddies in all those movies, and they're always funny. Yeah. So it, what works works is what I say. Did you guys see Star Trek? Not yet. Not yet. I saw it yesterday. Did you love it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's a lot like yeah, it's a lot like the old movies. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Some of it's corny. Here's the one thing I didn't like about Ghostbusters, if I have to nitpick. When Rowan takes over Kevin's body and he's doing all that shit and they're trying to beat him, shouldn't he have had Rowan's voice? Shouldn't he have been speaking with Rowan's voice? Because earlier when Rowan's in the sink or whenever, we hear him talking in Rowan's voice, right? Or Ronan, whatever his name is. But then when he inhabits Kevin, he's still using Kevin's voice. That didn't bother me, but I can see why you'd think that. It bugged me. Yeah. What do you think, Bill? Well, I think if he's actually using Kevin's body to speak, he should have Kevin's voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, then. And damn, Thor was great. Oh, he was good. So he funny. was really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's something that happened at the theater, though, that was funny. Tell me if this has ever happened to you. Anything close. Okay. We went to that new theater, the new renovated theater in North Hollywood. It used to be a really shitty one, you know, on Victory. And now it's renovated. It's oh, really, I've got to do theaters. It's really nice. They have, like, the chairs, the recliners that are, like, lazy boys. I chair. Um, but a lot of uh, neighborhood people go there. So you got a lot of families and a lot of people there, who's... There are people in your neighborhood. English, English is not their first oh, language. The people in your neighborhood. <laughs> so there's this guy standing. They're, they're cleaning the theater, and there's a guy standing out... The theater. He's being really loud and he's dressed weird, and he's you all dress, by himself. You dress weird. You dress weird. I do. <laughs> it's not you. If that's what you're thinking, if you think this story's going to end with it being Jim, that's it's not where I'm going. No, but we're 
we're identifying with your story. You told us if it, to tell you if anything right. like this has happened. With okay, so so far, yes. Ghostbusters, a person in your neighborhood. <laughs> in your neighborhood. So we get in the theater, and it's clear this guy's something's wrong with him. He's he's on the spectrum somehow. Okay, because he's not really you know down with the social you know niceties of seeing a movie with people. Not that he's pulling his pants down or anything, but he's just being a little too loud sure. and whatever. Um, but he's enjoying himself, so who cares? But then we're watching the movie, and, and we're watching. He's and, and the best part is he's sitting right next to Brooke. It's me, Brooke, and him. So he's sitting right near us. So I hear everything he's saying and doing. And I, towards the end of the movie, I'm just holding the popcorn because we're done eating it. And he reaches over to me and goes, "Popcorn for me." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Popcorn." And I'm like, "Do you want this popcorn?" And I'm not asking if he wants popcorn. What I'm actually asking is. Are you asking me for my popcorn? Who the fuck does that? But the truth is, I'm done with it. So I go, sure, and I give it to him. And I look at Brooke, and we can't stop laughing. We're trying not to laugh out loud, because he's right there. But I'm like, that has never fucking happened to me before. Where a stranger basically leaned over and said, can I have the rest of your popcorn? Has that ever, anything even close ever happened to you guys? No. Right? No. I don't think so either. Well, I've done a lot of the things leading up to it. Me too. I think we all have. I think we can all identify with seeing movies and eating popcorn. But but what's funny to me is imagine that guy's a kid and he does that. You don't give it a second thought, right? It's like if a kid... Well, it depends on how young a kid. Well, if he's not... If he's... Like, say he's there with his dad or whatever, and he's like five or six. Yeah. And he reaches over, hey, can I have the rest of your popcorn? And he, and he knows. He sees you're not eating it. It's not like he's being a dick. But he's like, hey, can I have the rest of your popcorn? Well, I would actually know. That would cause me more pause, mainly because that's a child. And because, but if his dad's right there well, yeah, because, and knows he's doing that? But it would at least take me a minute to go, would you care if your kid had the rest of his popcorn? Right, right, right. But I'm saying it wouldn't be weird that the kid did that. It wouldn't be as weird. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, that's obviously this guy has the social skills of a kid. But I, I was like, this... I honestly, I oh, sat there. Genius! That motherfucker got free popcorn. True, and Brooke said he was getting candy from the people on the other side. <laughs> I swear to God. So who knows? Maybe he's nowhere on the spectrum, and he gets home and he goes, "God, I feel embarrassed acting that way." But I get a bunch of free stuff. He pulls his shorts down so they're not so dumb looking. Yeah. Rolls his socks down, takes the stupid hat off he was wearing. All right, I'm gonna tell his last story, and then uh, we'll talk about the shows okay. uh, or the show. Uh, I've been working on this show lately called I'm Dying Up Here. I don't know if you heard of it. I told you about it, Jim. Yes. It's a new show on Showtime that Jim Carrey came up with, and it's about comedy clubs in the 70s and the 80s. Um, And it's funny because, you know, as comedians who were doing comedy in the 70s and the 80s, or more the 80s, really. Yeah, I wasn't doing it in the 70s. (laughs) But we were watching it. Yeah. We were interested in comedy then, so it was like... It's interesting to see, but our friend Eric Griffin is on the show, yeah. and I and I so I worked a day last week and ran into him. But I'm just doing background, um, which is is easy. Um, but I'm hoping they're like, all right, who's got a big beard and can say a line, and then <laughs> you know, and then I can get some lines and be on the show. But at one point, of course, what's the one thing? What's the worst thing about being an extra? Uh, other extras, other extras, absolutely, and, and definitely other extras who are, who think they're on, in the show. And there's always one guy who wants to make sure everybody knows he's that guy. Because yeah. a lot of people are that guy, but there's always at least one guy who wants to announce, "I'm that guy who won't shut up and knows everything." Yeah. So we're heading back to the the parking area, and this guy is being that guy, 
And, and I'm sitting in the front, we're in a van, and I'm sitting in the front bench right in the middle. And then there's the driver and then this girl in the passenger seat. And this guy's just talking and running his trap. And the driver and the girl are, keep looking at each other and smiling because they're laughing at this guy. So I'm here listening to this guy and watching them laugh at him. And I think that whole thing is pretty funny. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to wait for my moment. I'm going to drop in a zinger. And this fucking whole car is going to go crazy. <laughs> so we're, we're listening to this guy. And at one point he starts talking about how they treat horses for colon cancer. Which sounds like a joke, but it's not. Apparently, yeah. they take the healthy poop from other horses and stick it up the butts of the unhealthy horses. And I guess enzymes in the poop. Maybe they do that with people, too. Well, that's they're talking about, that was what this conversation was about, how doctors are seeing if there's any validity in trying that on humans. Yeah. So, uh, so they talk about that, and the, guy, the loud guy goes, Yeah, I was thinking I could look for a way to donate my poop. And get paid for it. And everybody kind of giggles. And I go, yeah, I hear you can do that from home. <laughs> and that gets a big laugh. And then the, the best part is the driver goes, uh, the driver goes, yeah, if you're full of shit, you can make all kinds of money. <laughs> and, then I, and I said, yeah, don't tell my wife. She'll think we're millionaires. <laughs> and then we pull up to the place and I fucking ran to my car. I didn't want any more. didn't want any more to do with that fucking situation. But that's you got to make the best of it. And here's the other great thing: now I can be high the whole time, unlike when you know you had to be drunk on an ex when you were an extra. You know you had to be drunk the whole time. Now you can just get high. It's cool. No one cares. All right. Uh, oh wait, let's talk about trivia before we get to the show. Last week, the trivia question was about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You might know this, Tom. Uh, and it was about in the pilot for Buffy, there was a different principal. It wasn't Ken Lerner. Who played the pilot? Or who played the principal (laughs) in the the pilot? pilot. Who played the pilot in the principal episode (laughs) of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Do you remember who it was? I don't remember. It was Stephen Tobolowsky. Oh. Uh, uh, So uh, a couple of you answered it correctly. John Shannon got it first. So way to go, John. So here is the question for this week. Uh, We're going to talk about Vice Principals next, which stars Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins was... In an episode of a TV show, a sitcom, with an actor who also appeared in Star Trek Beyond. What is that show? And who is that actor? I'll take one or the other. Because if you know the show, you're going to know the actor and probably vice versa. So appeared in a TV show with an actor who also appeared in Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, Walton Goggins was in a half-hour sitcom. He was only in one episode of a particular sitcom with an actor who was also in Star Trek Beyond. You guys want to guess? I'll say this. uh, While they're thinking, Tom brought over some nice prizes from Comic-Con. He's got his room key card, um, which is just an ordinary key card. However, one side is a commercial for Gotham, which is actually pretty cool. The picture they show is cool, but there's also a big red sticker on it. I think we can probably feel that sticker. What did that sticker designate? Oh, that I had parking privileges. Nice. And he also brought, as always every year... The Comic-Con 2016 Souvenir Book, which has a dope drawing of Wonder Woman on the front and a nice Game of Thrones commercial on the back. So, But he only brought one. Usually I have a shitload of these. Uh, the Office. Is not The Office. Uh, so if you get the question right, I can send you this Souvenir thing Book. I could do you got a guess? guess? Was it the UK Office? It was not The Office UK. Oh. So if you know the answer, you can write to paul at thekingoftv.com. So, I that was a good guess. I apologize. My uh, website... A good guess because at least... 
is it down was, again. It was relatively informed by information, unlike normal when I guess just any dumb thing. And um, you can, of course, always follow me on the Twitter at Paul Goble Show. Be my friend on the Facebook. That's perfectly fine. And was uh, it a German office? Is there a German office? There's yeah, all kinds of offices. Yeah. Really? Well, it wasn't oh, yeah, people office. got jobs all over the place. Uh, and, of course, listen to my other podcast, Bottle Episode. And uh, if you were interested in my old podcast, Brief Interviews of the Opposite Sex, I'm putting those on my website uh, every I'll once in a while. I'll salesman's a person in your here's, neighborhood. Here's the answer. Don't say it out loud. But this oh, is the okay. Answer. Right? Okay. So, oh, wow. uh, But also, you guys are online, too, right? Do you want to plug your shit before... Oh, yeah. You do things? Plug our show? Yeah, or yeah, anything you have to plug. We got the Who's This Now. It's a often recorded show. <laughs> um, our last episode is pretty badass. So if you want to check out Who's This Now, um, ch- check out our Twitter, which is what? Who This Now? Who This Now, yeah. At, at, who, at who This, this now. now. At Tumblr? Well, we technically we have a Tumblr, and we haven't updated it in like two years, so let's... <laughs> So, yeah, check that out. Well, Who's This Now is available on iTunes. On That's iTunes, yeah, and Lipson. Uh, it's a very funny show. And I'm very happy with you, it. you, Jim, are also on the Twitter and I stuff? am, Comic Jim Bruce, and I'm touring way more often than I ever used to. So you actually might have a chance of seeing me. I went to Seattle. had a great time. Yeah? I took uh, Spirit Airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just to say this about Spirit because I know people talking about their flight is not fun. Because, you know, all the jokes have been made. But here's what Spirit Airlines is. Imagine you put wings on a U-Haul. That's what it is. It is the most bare bones. Yeah, I flew Spirit once from L.A. to from LA to uh, someplace in Nevada and then to Chicago. But, man, it, it's cheap, right? That's yeah. their whole deal. But, Super man, cheap. they make you pay for it. <laughs> by with everything else well you know what Sweat, they do blood, this is tears. on the for reals Let, they stick in extra seats that's what they do they cram in extra seats so was it full oh yeah nice yeah. alright Tom, nice. Tom do you want to give people your Twitter if they want to follow you my Twitter is at that Tom Griffin but I right. rarely tweet anymore Right. You didn't even tweet anything from uh, the Comic-Con, did you? I tweeted two things from Comic-Con. <laughs> nice. David tweeted the shit out of it. Some of the worst panels I could ever imagine. The fucking Archie panel. Oh, <laughs> oh I would have liked that. That had been. He said it was basically just a commercial for the new series, though. Uh, he tweeted, check out his Twitter, because there's a bunch of pictures he did. That's sort from of there. interesting. Um, What's the new series? R- Riverdale. Yeah. All right. Is it live action or cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, live action. It's, it's supposed to be like a young teen soap, right? Like Dawson's Creek. Like dark and edgy, though. I'll watch it if somehow they get a pretty good working jalopy. <laughs> and I'll think that would be worth it for All me. All right. Let's talk about vice principles. All right. Um... Of course, the show was very, very funny, like we all thought it was going to be. Uh, And it was great that Bill Murray was in it. But I laughed so much, especially at the beginning, with those guys together. Like, in the second half, when it wasn't them on screen so much, it wasn't as funny for me. But it was still... It was still really funny. Then then at the end, when they make it clear what this show is going to be, because... I don't know about you guys, but it seemed to me the show was them fighting each other the whole time. Right. But it's more like they're frenemies fighting for a common goal. Well, and we'll see if they and can... And then arguing make, while doing yeah, it. Yeah, since it's only the pilot, you'll see if they, we'll see if they can even maintain that cordial relationship. That's, that's true. That's because good, they do have the show already That's a good dynamic. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, which is interesting. The entire show is pretty much done. Yeah. They've, they've filmed the entire thing. Yeah, so they know everything. I mean, obviously it's things... It's going to be 18 episodes. Yeah, things can happen, 
But at unlike Eastbound and Down, where they kept going, we don't want to do anymore. And HBO said, please, here's a bunch of money. And they said, okay, one more. With this, it's not like they all need a bunch more money. So yeah. they can say, they're basically doing the Ricky Gervais route. We want to do this show. We'll take less money to do the show right. we want, the Louis C.K. route. So that alone is is already makes it great. But honestly, as I get older and, and I'm less critical of you know comedy especially, there are some people that will always make me laugh. And fucking... Danny McBride is one of them, man. It's a funny show, but let me ask he's, you. He's got, I he's he's a funny guy, but and I find, often find I laugh hardest not at the joke, but at the moment after the joke with him. <laughs> yeah. like, he's just he's got an ability to just punctuate a moment with like a weird mannerism or, or that. Yeah. I'll, I'll laugh harder at that than at the thing he just said. Well, did you ever see the Foot Fist Way? That, that movie one I have not seen. No. It's pretty much the whole movie is that because it's all played straight. And he is this fucking loser in the movie, and there's this whole wife and ex-wife thing. But the whole movie is pretty much that, him doing or saying something, and then the camera's staying on him, and it being really funny and weird and awkward. Yeah, he's a fucking master of that. And then Walton Goggins, who is playing this character a little more effeminate or foppish than his usual, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. Um, is funny in a completely different way. And the, like that scene at the beginning with the fucking flag and Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. that was oh my God. wonderful. It was crazy funny. Here's yeah. here's the here's my observation about the show. Tell me what you think. Uh, all the funny stuff is funny for sure. But so you, did you watch Strangers with Candy? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember Strangers with Candy? Well, yes. Okay. This is Tom. I know. Not Will. Oh, okay. Sorry, Tom. Do you remember Will? <laughs> we should have him back on the show. Um, he was great. He was. It's too bad he had to die. Um, anyway. Oh, well. Well. <laughs> Boom. <sighs> well, anyway. So, Strangers of Candy, what I liked about Strangers of Candy is they absolutely had their tone down pat. The tone, not, not Paul. Not, not, only, not Pat. What Paul. Happened, what happened to Pat? Pat was a different show. It's going to take so long. To Paul get and Will were... Paul and Will were on a show, and Pat and Tom were on a show. Oh. But now it's Tom and Paul. Right. Okay, so here's what I really like to show. I thought, when you get down to the dug of it, <laughs> this is one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, here's man. what I'll take. With Strangers with Candy, the tone of their show um, was solid at all. The, the darkness was all lined up. And then when I watched this pilot, I was like, this is really funny. But every now and then, is particularly with the student who's being bullied, I'm like, I'm not, I don't entirely like the tone here because it mm. seems to veer away from the comedy. Oh, bullied from by the teachers, bullied by Danny McBride. I actually didn't mind him being bullied by the teachers. It was more that the realistic way he was being meshed with by other kids uh-huh. threw me off. I don't know if that will be true going forward, but I'm like, the tone with the other kids is weird. Because that was a hyper-realistic, this kid's got a terrible life. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other characters, it's all dark comedy, but it's a little broader. So to me, I'm like, that going forward, I think, has to be figured out. And hopefully they did, because I guess the show's done. Yeah. But did you get that impression? Because it felt like the tone was a little off between the two things. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, a little bit. I mean, I always am super critical of that. Uh, just because any show that's set in a high school, I mean, I was a, I was a teacher, and I know that there's certain shit that's just not tolerated in yeah. public high school. So as soon as there's a teacher who's super hot and the, and the students all elbow each other, I say fuck this show. Um, but they have this beautiful teacher on this show, and there's none of that. You know, there's none of that horse shit. Um, but I will say, what struck me as realistic is when they were in his office, and he flat out said. Tell me what happened and I will punish these guys. And he said, nothing happened. We were all screwing around. And everybody knew what was going on. But there's fucking, there's rules in place. Danny McBride even said, I can't punish this kid if he doesn't say something happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. My hands are tied is basically what he was saying. So that made sense. But then when he was like, listen, you need to do this for me, you little piece of shit. That was so absurd, I found it okay. I found it funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those parts are funny, but then the other parts that are hyper-realistic seem jarring compared mm. to those things. There seems to be that it felt like there are almost, not quite two shows going on, but kind of. I could see that. Yeah. Tom, you seem to be even thought on this side. I didn't feel that way myself. I think perhaps that scene brought up something for Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because David... Uh, tweeted about how he sat through the vice principal's panel and like it brought up a lot of shit for him because apparently I mean you could speak to this but I guess they talked a lot about their their school experiences and how this show is based on certain shit am I right about that well Danny said that he um, he did do some research and then he went to some schools and interviewed vice principals about their what they saw their job was and how their appro- what their approach was right and that, that informed some of the show ah and specifically, one of the, that you know, one of the things he found was that a lot of schools have there's a vice principal that focuses on discipline and a vice principal that focuses on curriculum. Right, and that there can that be a big, school. there can be a schism between those two. A guys. huge, huge schism. And that's yeah. that's kind of where this show starts. That Danny McBride yeah. is the enforcer, and you know, Walton yeah. Goggins' character is more of a schmoozer. And who's the informer? Uh, snow, snow, right, snow yeah. right. Well, and the, it's a lot of the inspiration for the show was was the idea of these two characters who are yeah. you know they're kind of they're next to each other on the org chart, but they have very different personalities, very different approaches, different yeah. jobs, even. Yeah, and it's a different relationship with the the pupils. That was a deal at our school, Jim, my school and Jim's school, our high school that we attended together. Well, that's the high school we went to. <laughs> there was one principal, John Pettacone, who was a great guy. Everybody loved him, and there was two vice principals. One was Mr. I don't even fucking remember his name now, but the other one was Nick Clement yeah. in charge of. I didn't uh, know there was a second one. Discipline, yeah, because he was the greatest. Was there a second one? Yeah, he was in charge of like sporting events and oh, curriculum, like okay. Tom said, and oh, shit like okay. that. But Nick Clement was only in charge of busting people. Yeah. So, of course, he was the dick. He was the guy everybody hated. Because whenever you did something wrong, he was the guy whose, whose job it was not to. Say, hey, man, do we need to talk? He was the guy whose job it was to protect the other students and say, clearly, you're a fuck-up. I remember one time I was carrying a toy gun around because it was a prop for a fucking play we were doing. And I was just carrying around fucking with it fucking with it until class. And someone told the principal and they called me into the office and said, give me that gun and stop fucking around with it. They didn't say that, but he said, give me that gun because you shouldn't be waving around school. And when you're on your way to drama class, you can come pick it up. Shit like that. That's his job. Yeah. You know, no one was going to hurt. Now, I knew the guy kind of on a personal level because of who I was 
we would shoot the shit sometimes and I liked him. And also I never, I, that's probably the worst thing I ever did was what I just described. So I didn't have a problem with him, but everybody hated him. However, two years later, when John Pettacone ascended to the superintendency and Nick Clement was made the new principal, he was the greatest guy ever. Everyone who went to that school was like, Nick Clement's the greatest. And this other guy, Mike Henry, who at the time was a Vo-Ag teacher, Toby's dad, right. was the new Nick Clement. And people fucking hated him even worse. Yeah. He was the biggest dick ever. So much of a dick that one student ended up banging his wife. True story. Yeah, yeah that's Tucson for you. <clears throat> that's what happens at a Tucson school. So, yeah, I can see that because, like David said, it brought up stuff. From, you know, being in trouble with the vice principal and shit like that. And I can totally, I can totally see that because it is a public school. Speaking of that, did you see that fucking thing I post on my Facebook about those kids wearing skirts in school? Yeah. You, see, you probably didn't see it because you don't have Facebook. But these kids in England were hot, so they started wearing skirts in school. Two different people from our high school posted Because they weren't allowed that. to wear shorts. You can't wear shorts. Two different people from our high school posted that on my Facebook wall, because I did that in school. When we were in high school, Tucson, aside from South Point Catholic, Tucson was the only high school, uh, Flung Wells was the only high school in Tucson where you couldn't wear shorts to school at all. And everyone, when told that, everyone said, that's fucking ridiculous, it's Tucson. And you have to go outside to change classes. So I had some board shorts that I wore that went below my knee, but I also had these skirts that I would wear which were no different than a kilt. At the time, Jim's wife, Mary Jo, was living with me and my family, so I wore some of her skirts. But now I'm supposed to give a fuck about these English kids at a private school who are hot three months out of the year, so they wear skirts? Fuck that. First of all, they're all rich, white English kids, and they're boys. They can all go fuck themselves. What I was doing was already an example of white male fucking privilege. Me walking around thinking that being hot during the day was a big fucking issue. Meanwhile, they were one black guy at my school was getting the shit kicked out of him on a weekly basis. But these fucking three idiots go fuck themselves. They're probably Brexit kids anyways. You shouldn't be worrying about wearing skirts in school. There's more important things. How about you worry about the girls in school who are constantly get, uh, getting uh, molested by teachers, right? Is that that happens. Kind of thing in England? Well, in America it is, though. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, fuck that. Um, I don't go to that school. <laughs> right? But I'll say this. When I wore skirts in school, none of, the, nobody, none of the principals, none of the faculty bothered me. Nobody gave a fuck. Uh Students did. And that's the other thing. How many times do you think these kids got beat up, these English kids? How many times do you think they got beat up? I can tell you not enough. <laughs> no, I don't know. The answer is zero because people don't put up with that shit these days. These days, they don't put up with it. Fucking kids. Yeah. All right, anything else about Vice Principals? I mean, obviously, it's a great fucking show. And a funny show. In a couple weeks, everyone's going to be talking about it. I, yeah, I think... I. I yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. They they've they tease that it's going to go to some interesting places. That it's going to the show's going to end somewhere very different than when it, where it started. Um, they said that the two seasons it's going to be two seasons of nine. They said that the first season uh, is pretty much fall semester, and the second season is pretty much spring semester, which is interesting. Mm, I like that. I'm down with that. Um, All right. So I think it's going to be fun. I like that. I like that they're telling one complete story. That they already they knew where they were going when they started, and right. they knew where they were ending when they started. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, you know, some, when shows start, 
like, and everybody, you know, it's brand new and people start talking about, like, Stranger Things was last week's big deal. Everybody was talking about this. But I think Vice Principals, because a lot of people don't have HBO and they can't see it. You have HBO, Tom? Uh, I, I have HBO. Okay. Uh, but I also have TV. So you have both. I have both. All right. Now, you don't have HBO, Jim? I have HBO Go. You have HBO Go. Right. All right. I heard you made a deal with them, though, with HBO. Well, yeah. You got your own comedy special? Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to go and see Bare Naked Ladies and Howard Jones and OMD at the Greek. Um, but I want to remind you, you know, uh, in a, a, probably a month or two, uh, I will no longer be doing this podcast uh, or other ones. So uh, I want you to call this number, 657 657- Two three five two three three three, and leave a message or your favorite memory about "Hey, watch this" or the Paul Goebel show or or any of this whole shit, and uh, we will play them on uh, maybe the last episode or something. Uh, all right, before we go, a blast from the past. Jim Bruce right. has brought us one of his patented mashups, so uh, we can is, uh, go is, back in time before we go see Howard Jones or this is OMD. Classic because this is going to be no good. All right, uh, just like the just like the classics. Uh, Kent, get in here now. Listen, Heller, thanks for coming in. I want you to get me pictures of Su- Superman, Lurdy, Lurdy, Kent. I'm gonna need you to get me some pictures of Superman. Uh, oh, did I say Heller? Did I say Heller, Clark Kent? Because I'm gonna need you to get me pictures. Of <laughs> so you mean Great Sirzers Gerst? Great Sirzers Gerst, Heller. Okay. So, Tom, do you want to say what it is? I have no idea. Really? No. I know what it is. Okay, go ahead. Well, it's Superman's boss, right? Yeah. And uh, That's someone... the part I've got. Someone who says, hello. <laughs> hello, Kent. <laughs> it's Medea who says, hello. Therefore, the impression he's doing is Tyler Perry White. Uh, are you are you trying to tell me you've never seen a Medea movie? No, I haven't. What? Oh, man. I find that right. hard to believe. We are. I find it hard to believe anybody has. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're not going to see Bare Naked Ladies. We have a wrong to write. <laughs> we are going on a Medea marathon. Medea, Medea's family reunion, Medea's Christmas, Medea and Eugene Levy, whatever that fucking movie was. We're watching them all. All right, Tom, you want to end the show? Oh. uh... Um, watch this. <laughs> Which one's my camera? Oh, uh, uh, this one here. Yeah? <laughs> How you doing out there? You want a new dance? I got a new dance, and it's going to be done by a friend of mine, soon to be a friend of yours. That's right, Leather Tuscadero, right now. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Leather is being backed up by some more friends of mine. Band. What dance is it going to be? It's It's called called Do the Fonzie. That's right. Here we go. One, two. One, two, three.